the Six Side Culture Podcast. Today I'm joined by Danny. What's going on? Very good. What's up, Ben? I'm over the moon. Uh, for those of you who uh, you know saw the derby, you'd know why. Obviously, well, to those of you who are new here, like I said, I'm a I'm a Roma fan, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that derby. We absolutely dominated Lazio. I'm sure Dan's happy. Osteman is doing extremely well. He's coming back from injury, and Napoli got a big win. We Azuri coming up. We got some big news with Dybala leaving Juventus. Kessier going to Barcelona. So much stuff is going on. So I think we'll start off with the derby. Uh, there weren't too many big games on the weekend, so let's do the derby, and then we'll get straight into the news and the uh, you know the highly anticipated Italy matchup against North Macedonia. And it kind of feels like our lives are on the line here. I think every yeah. Italian is uh, thinking the same way right now. They're all kind of nervous and excited at the same time. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking that one down towards the end of the episode. But yeah, to start off, the Derby della Capitale, Roma-Lazio, uh, heading into it, I was, I'd say I was pretty confident uh, going into the match. I don't know why. I don't really have a reason to be confident. It's not like we played well in the Conference League, you know, a couple of days before. But uh, just something in the air felt like it was, something good was going to happen. I even texted Danny the night before, I think it was. I said we're either going to be down three nothing at the 30th minute or up two nothing, and uh, we were up two nothing at the 30th minute. That's usually how the derby goes, and how Roma play in big games. We have them do really well or absolutely terrible, never really close. And uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah, the game started, and we looked focused. Like right off the game, like we looked really focused. Uh, Tammy and Mickey had a nice quick one too. The team was pressing high up and. Uh, it looked like they're going for an early goal. You can kind of tell, like, the team was higher up than usual. And that's what happened. We had a corner. Pellegrini whipped it in. Great ball. He almost scored. It kind of reminded me of when Lazio scored that goal off the corner when Paulo Lopez punched the ball into his own net. Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm already having a PTSD thinking about that. But, uh, yeah, Pellegrini put in a great ball. And Tammy Abraham was in the right place at the right time. And he tapped it in at the 56th second for the quickest goal ever scored in the Derby del Capitale which is a, a great record to hold, especially if you're playing uh, in one of the you know most intense derbies in Europe. I'd say, I think it's fair to say. And yeah, it was a great start for Roma. And after that point, we continued to play well. We kept pressing. We kept um, kept our shape. We kept moving the ball well. A lot of good things were happening. And uh, a second goal came afterwards. An incredible team goal. I think one of the best team goals I've seen uh, around the league this year, it was an incredible, you know, job by Roma to move the ball and uh, from Karlsruhe to find Tammy once again, make it two nothing. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I think we're gonna start to run away with this game. Uh, two nothing, and the game's never done. But sometimes, you know what I mean, Dan. You just feel like you just feel like the game is over, like just the way that it's being played. Like I still never felt like they were in the game to me, and it's, I wasn't really worried at all. But it's Roma at the end of the day. We saw it happen against you. <laughs> So I don't want to, uh, you know, celebrate before it's, uh, before it's done. And then the free kick for Pellegrini, like, what a, what a hit. I, it's funny, too, because as he took the free kick, I was uh, telling my dad, I was like, oh, uh, please give Tolly Veda, give Tolly Veda, please. And he's like, oh, God, Pellegrini's taking it. And even though he has scored some nice free kicks this year, the one against Juve comes to mind, the one against Caliari, the one that got us a 2-1 win, very vital. Um, he, he's had some, but Pellegrini, he's, he's a very frustrating player to watch sometimes, especially since uh, he came back from injury. It's a, a little frustrating, overhits some balls uh, on corners. Sometimes, you know, it looks like he belongs uh, in a kid's league because he can't get the ball off the ground off a corner. But then you see the one that he hit, that, you know, in the derby, the one that went crossbar straight to Abraham. And then you see that free kick he hit in the derby too. So he, he's very unpredictable. But uh, you can't deny his quality and what a hit that was. I did not know Pellegrini had that in him. Uh, and I love how the camera went straight to Totti, who looked like uh, he saw his son won a, an under-12 under tournament or something. Uh, it looked like a proud father. So, uh, yeah, what a hit. I think that was my favorite free kick of the year so far that I've seen. Like, I, I don't know how a free kick can get more perfect than that. I'm sure you've seen it then. It's like, uh, yeah, no, it was incredible, too. The bend on that ball, too, it was like... Like, you see, there's one angle, um, you see the ball traveling, and it's like, oh, shit, he just hit it over. And then all of a sudden, it just 
dies down and just places the top corner. Like, there's no way, not even, you can have maybe two or three goals in the net, not, no one's saving that. Yeah, that was like absolutely perfect top corner. That reminded me of a Pirlo for a kick, to be honest. Like, that was just yeah. beautiful. What a hit. 3 nothing. You know, most teams, maybe if you're an Napoli fan, Inter fan, Milan fan, you're saying, ah, it's game done. one. Well, plus, you never know. So I'm like, eh, I can count my chickens before they hatch. Let me enjoy the goal and then go into halftime. You know, tweet. Everyone, obviously, all the Roma fans are happy. And uh, second half comes around, and you see Mourinho switch everything up. He said, okay, these guys seem to really struggle, and we have all of them behind the ball. And that's when the second half, Roma sat back. Um, they had some chances to score. We countered. Abraham had an incredible control. I think Cristante might have been the one that played a, a full, uh, full field ball to Abraham. Controlled it, turned around, almost had an incredible goal, but uh, went wide. And that would have been his hat trick. And the last one to get a hat trick in the derby was talked to him, pretty sure. Uh, he almost had that. But uh, yeah, the second half, not too much went on. It was still entertaining. Uh, Roma really sat back, and I don't remember Lazio having one threatening opportunity the whole match. I'm trying to think right now. I don't remember one. Immobile had one header, but it was offside by quite a bit, and uh, even that wasn't too threatening. So, uh, yeah, nothing really happened. Maybe the Ibanez error in the first half, where Lazio kind of broke free there, but even that wasn't too threatening. So yeah, Roma had complete control from beginning to end. Uh, great win. Proud of the team. Uh, a derby, to me and to many Romans or, you know, any other team that is involved in a derby like Liverpool, Everton. Um, maybe went to Torino, but not really. It's not a... Boca River. Like, yeah, like Boca that. River. Uh, Inter Milan. Like, derbies like that. The standings don't really matter anymore. Like, I don't even know what place we're in right now, to be honest. Like, uh, the standings don't matter at that moment. It's like a final, which is... Uh, you know, it's like you have two finals a year, which is pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, at that point, we just won the city back. We have bragging rights now until next season. The whole summer, we can enjoy it. And it was a, it was a big win. Mourinho completely outclassed Saudi. I think with Saudi, I think we've all said this on a podcast before. He has one playing style, and it's great when it works. But when he does not have a plan B. So when it doesn't work, uh, it's pretty irritating if you're a Saudi supporter or a supporter of Saudi as your coach. It's just, I don't know. Saudi's never been that type of coach to have a plan B, C, D, E. Like, it just has one plan. If that doesn't work, then the game's done, basically. And uh, it's even more embarrassing because Lazio had one week to rest and prepare for this match. Well, Roma played on Thursday. They looked exhausted in that game. Like, they looked like, in my head, oh, my God, the derby is going to be pretty hard to watch if uh, they come out with this energy because they haven't played a lot of games uh, in a row. And uh, I expected Lazio to be the team that's more on the front foot and more uh, energized, but it was the complete opposite. I would think Roma had a week off and prepared for it tactically uh, for a week. So, yeah, entertaining game. I think for the casuals, they must have enjoyed it. We have a group chat, and everyone was uh, reacting to it positively. So I guess they, they enjoyed the match. It was good to watch. And, uh, yeah, now we're on international break. We had some big games in the weekend. Maybe not big games, big results, though, for, you know, the Scudetto race. I should read out a couple. We had Juventus or Nitana, who we don't really know in the Scudetto race, but, you know, still top four race. A 2 nothing win over Solanitana. Atalanta, another one in the top four race. They beat Bologna late. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Cisse, I think is how you pronounce Cisse, it. Cisse, yeah. Cool uh, story he, behind. Yeah, cool great story. story. Great story behind this kid. Uh, two months, maybe a month ago, he was playing... I, I believe it, it was like amateur football or like one of the lowest like divisions uh, in Italy. And he get, had a trial at Atalanta, got called up to the team. Uh, Gasparini put him on the main team because uh, I guess just the way he liked him in training, just to see what this kid has, puts him in um, in the game and he scores. What a cool story it was. And hopefully we get to see more of this kid because just a cool story. And it's also like an interesting story to learn about. Um, I didn't know. I thought this kid was just called up from the Primavera, but when I found out he was playing like amateur football, it gives you uh, inspiration and hope. Just don't give up on your dreams because you just take that one opportunity that can help you. And he did. And he got his uh, first goal in Syria in his first game. So it's incredible to see. Yeah, it was great to see. And um, he looks like a baller, if I'm being honest. Uh, he played well when he came in, changed the game. 
So, uh, yeah, credit to him and a big win for Atalanta late there. It looked like they were going to draw, so uh, uh, great for him to pull it out for them. Uh, Milan defeated Cagliari. A pretty uh, a scrappy win. Uh, Giroud probably could have had one or two there. But, uh, yeah, Benessa, a great strike and a big win for Milan. They also had Inter Fiorentina, which was uh, – Inter looked like a shell themselves at the moment. Like, they don't look like half the team they were maybe back in December. Like since the 2022 Inter really slowed down, and I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know what it is to be honest, but um, they definitely have the players to win a Scudetto. So I, I don't know what's going on with them. They had the Scudetto on their hands. Now it's it's not looking over. It's far from over. I still think I would still pick Inter if I'm being honest. Win Scudetto. I know they're six points behind and they have a game in hand still, but I don't. Inter is not looking good at all right now. This uh, next stretch after the international break, they're really gonna have to wake up. But yeah, a uh, good result for Fiorentina there to get a draw at the San Siro or San Gi- Giuseppe Miazza. And uh, Napoli would nice a 2-1 win for Napoli. Big win. Osimhen has looked incredible. Uh, another doppietta for him. Telefeu, who we all know what he can do for Udinese. Yeah, he's a very <laughs> good player. So He's good. They got some ballers too in Udinese, so it's, like, it was a tough game. You know, they got some ballers, so if they can keep a lot of these guys... They could be a good team on maybe the next year or so if they can keep a hold of a lot of these guys, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, and that's the difference of the Prem and Serie A, that the smaller teams in the Prem can keep their players most of the time, and then Serie A, they just, you know, they move on to a bigger team right away. So that's the uh, unfortunate part. But uh, if they can't keep on to the team and Tassuolo and all these guys, then Serie A can be really competitive like it is this year. So yeah, uh, another great game there. And that's about it for the, the top teams uh, and results. Now, like I said, international break, they can rest up. Some of them can't because some of them might uh, not make it to the World Cup. <laughs> huh. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's a well-timed break. It's been a while since we had an international break. I think when? Uh, January, was it? Last I time? believe, yeah, I believe maybe January or December, one of the two. Yeah, one of the two, I think. Uh, January. Yeah, one, might, no, it might be. Well, for Europe, yeah, it was um, a while back. But for North America, I think it was the time we went to the Canada-U.S. game. Yeah. But uh, Europe ha- hasn't happened. It was December. Like a true or, international or break. Like November. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Um, I'm excited for the last stretch of Serie yeah, It's really interesting to see what happens because – it's very unpredictable. You got Napoli in the mix. You got Milan in the mix. You got Inter in the mix. Will Inter come back to the old form they had? Will Milan continue to you know scrape by and get these important wins? Uh, can Napoli make a final push? A lot of questions, and that's what makes this Scudetto race so good. So I'm excited to see what happens. But uh, now moving on, still on the topic of Serie A, but some pretty big news that uh, uh, came out with Juventus. Uh, I was shocked to see it. I'm sure. Uh, I wouldn't say shocked because we heard the you know it, it, the rumors surprised. have been going on. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but I was shocked that it came out yesterday. I, I just came out of nowhere. Like I didn't expect that to come out yesterday. But uh, Andy Bala will be leaving Juventus and as a free agent. Uh, Dan, you want to start off? What do you think about the whole situation? Where yeah. you go? Um, for me, it's just not at the end of the day. It's not a surprise because there's been a lot of like talks that he wasn't going to sign he there was a few things that he he did um with Juventus where I, I believe I can't remember the game but he it looked like when he scored he was looking for Neved apparently he was looking for a friend but we all know he's trying to look for Neved uh so there's a lot of uh headbutting between the two between the management and Dybala so a contract extension is something I'm not surprised with um and to be honest we've seen in the past that he's linked with the teams like Inter um, a few teams in La Liga, I believe it was a flight goal. Barca at one point. Who knows with Madrid? They these guys like to snatch up players. Maybe a team in the Prem, but for me, I think the best team he can probably fit will be Inter or even a flight goal Madrid. Just the way they play, uh, I feel like a flight Madrid might be a good option. Gets away from Syria if he wants to be. "Quote unquote," you can use this term. Be respectful towards Juventus. He won't join another Italian team. But at the end of the day, it's where he wants. I think a Flaco Madrid might be the best team for him. He gets to pair up with uh, his Argentinian teammate uh, Di Paul. He gets to play that advanced role where 
he can link up with the likes of Joe Felix, uh, Antoine Griezmann, if he's uh, still there at the end of the year. Suarez is going to be coached by Simeone. I just think the La Liga style fits him a lot more than, say, if he goes to the Prem. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Inter because of, there's been talks in the past, and he's got a good connection with Morata. Um, so who knows if you might join Inter. But for me, I think the best team he can join and the best way, uh, the style of football, I think uh, La Liga and Atletico Madrid might be a team to uh, look out for. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Atletico is a, definitely a shout. I think that's an option. Um, I think Inter's another option if, you know, it depends if he wants to respect Juventus or whatever's going on there. I, I don't think he'll keep that in mind, to be honest, with making that decision. Just, uh, I feel like things are ending on such a bad note that he wouldn't he mind. He doesn't care, yeah. He doesn't really care. And I know him and Marotta have a good relationship, so I won't Marotta, be shocked yeah, if he ends up uh, Marotta. Marotta, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just think, uh, I don't know. I, I can really see the bilateral Inter. I've been thinking about that the last couple of years now. Like, I've always been able to see him in an Inter jersey. And maybe, you know, Lataro can play better if he bothered behind him. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I really see him going to Inter, if I'm being honest. But I think Atletico is another option if you're looking outside the Serie That's uh, pretty likely. And the whole situation, what I think about it really is just, it's it's tough because I respect both of them, to be honest. I think, you know, in sports and you know, like football or basketball, hockey, culture, whatever it is, I think it's important for a player to understand their value. And then if you don't feel like you're being respected at the value you believe you're worth, then leave. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, that's just how it is. If Juventus wanted to avoid them leaving for free, then that's something you deal with last summer or two summers ago. You can't... Uh, do it up to the last minute because something like this happens. Dybala, who you probably could have got maybe 120 million for it three years ago, or back in you know 2016, 2015, like around that time, 2017, you could have got over 100 million for him. Now he's leaving for free, and uh, that's just a big loss. And usually you see yeah. Juventus being the team that gets these free agents and uh, for free, and you know it's a big signing for him. But now they're losing a big one, and uh, just, I don't know. It, it's tough, you know. They gave him the number 10, the next Piero. He captained a lot of games. Uh, the fans loved him. He you know, scored he some big goals. Yeah, some big goals. Brought them to the Champions League final. Like, it's, uh, it's sad to see. But at the same time, you know, I'm kind of happy because I don't think I ever said this on the podcast before, but Pipano was my favorite player at one point. Uh, back, uh, maybe, what year was it? Maybe 2014, I think. 2014, um, 2015. Like, when he was still at Palermo, I remember. And yeah. like, this is the first time, like, I remember when we first, like, introduced ourselves to each other. Uh, I remember we were talking about Syria, like, and he said, yeah, you're, you're a Roma fan. And I go, yeah, I'm Napoli. And you go, but this is one kid we are like. He's on Palermo. His name is uh, Dybala. I go, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see why you, like, you would be, like, a fan favorite of him. He's a good player. He's the next. He was kind of like uh, like an up-and-coming talent in Syria too, and all and yeah. world football. And we knew what. Palermo, uh, what they had at one point, they had Balotti, they had Cavani, they had, uh, I believe it was Bazagli too. Like they had so many good Mikoli. players. Mikoli, yeah, Mikoli. They had so many good players uh, in their path that like be, uh, became like big Syria uh, players. So uh, I was like, okay, yeah, Dybala. And you would always, every day, you would rave about him, how good he was, uh, how you want him on Roma. And then when he went to Juventus, it's like, you felt like betrayed. Like, I remember that. You felt like he betrayed yeah. you. And him leaving Juventus, I know a lot of Juve fans loved him. Uh, it could be maybe, who knows, if it could be a blessing for Dybala too. Uh, change the scenery, get him back into the form he was a few years ago because now he's been battling in, uh, injuries. He's hasn't been playing a lot. He's been battling this, the contract negotiations, all this. And now... Who knows, with maybe a fresh start, you get to see the old Dybala, depending on what team he goes to. So, we'll see. Yeah, like, I remember, I believe it was, okay, so uh, 2015 is when, I believe, Palermo went up to Serie A, when he played the one year of Palermo in Serie A. Played one or two years in Serie A, I think one in Palermo. And then in Serie B, I remember my I'm watching Palermo with my dad because they used to show Serie B games on the TV here in Canada, like 6:30 in the morning they used to show games, and I watched the Palermo game. My dad, I used to get up really early. I don't know why, but back then I used to wake up at six o'clock every day, 
And uh, me and my dad were watching Palermo. And every week I keep seeing, seeing this Dybala guy. Dybala guy, I like the way he plays. Like, I actually really like the way he plays. And um, then I became a fan of his. I remember he wasn't even in Serie A yet. And on FIFA, those of you who play, you know, FIFA, whatever, FIFA 15 it was, or 14, I think it was 15 at the time. Um, they had a team this season, and they still do, but they had a, a silver card team this season. And Dybala had one, a 74-rated card, I remember. And usually when you buy, you know, like, FIFA points, or if you want to buy packs in the game, you buy gold packs, you know, because you get better players. I spent $100 on silver packs just to get team to see the Dybala, and I ended up packing him on my last pack, and I remember going crazy. Like, I was a big Dybala fan. In elementary school, I had a picture of Dybala taped to my desk at the front of it, and he was in Serie B at the time. He hasn't even played a game in Serie A. Like, I was a huge Dybala fan, so seeing him leave now is uh, is a great feeling. I uh, Obviously, it's not going to go to Roma. It's not going to happen, but... Wow, I'm just happy he's gone from Juventus. I can actually, uh, you know, support you him know. again. Yeah, you never know, but little, uh, little me from maybe six, seven years ago would be very happy in Roma. But who knows? Uh, it'll be a great ending because even for Chet, I remember uh, when he went to Juve, I, just, I don't think I talked to for Chet for two weeks. We kept rubbing it in. I was fuming because I never believed in news because I just ignored him. Like, ah, he's not going to go to Juventus. It's all fake. And then the final game of the season for Palermo, I remember the whole team lifted him up and they're throwing him up and down like for his goodbye. I'm like, oh my God, he's actually going. But yeah, I was, uh, I was heartbroken when I saw that, but uh, now he's leaving. So it all came around. So yeah, that's a little story for you guys. If you, uh, didn't know that I was a hugely Bala fan, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd to go Inter. I think we can agree on that then. Probably one of the top two favorite teams we're going to go to. And, uh, I don't know if Dybala. He's a talented player. We all know that. We all know what he can do. But injuries have always have always been his problem. If he can overcome that and stay healthy, then it's a huge pickup for any team. I think he can start on a lot of teams in Europe as long as uh, he stays healthy. So, yeah, it would be a, a great for a team to pick him up for free, especially. So, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, some news that came out yesterday as well. Me and Dan were pretty upset when we saw uh, that's Padori. It was uh, it was just pretty stupid to be honest. What uh, this Aswolo president said. Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, I'm gonna pull it up right now. But um, all these Aswolo players going to Juventus. So I'm kind of getting sick of it at the moment. <laughs> but uh, what he said here is uh, Carnevale, which is the CEO of Sassuolo. He said, we've received a proposal from Premier League clubs for Giacomo Aspadori. They're pushing since January, but he's a key player for us. So he says that, okay, fair enough. You know, he didn't say he's going to sell him. He didn't say he's going to keep him, whatever. Then Juve comes up. He says, Aspadori to Juve? It could be an option. We'd be happy to open talks again after the Locatelli deal. So this is what I mean. Like, you wouldn't be open to selling him to the Prem right away. But Juventus come knocking on the door, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll we're willing to talk to them. It's like Locatelli. Like, that's just annoying to me. Like, it feels like Juventus would be with all these small clubs in Italy. They're all shipping their players uh, after a good year to Juventus. And that's about Dori. I don't think it would be good for his career. I think he'd get ruined there a little yeah. bit. And, yeah, like, I feel like he'd be a, an outcast almost. I think a team like, even like a Milan or a Napoli, or even Inter, if they were to sell a Taro, Roma might be tough because it's kind of, like, you know, top-heavy right now, there's a lot of, you know, players in that position, but um, even a team like Napoli, when senior leaving, I know it's a different position, but... Uh, Mertens could potentially uh, be leaving, too. Yeah, him, too, so that'll be a perfect replacement, very similar play styles. Um, if he goes to Juve, I'll be, you're like, uh, I'll punch a hole through my wall, if I'm being honest. Giacomo, you know, we love you here. You shot out six sides in the summer during the Euros, so... uh don't uh, don't ruin this relationship with us. I know Danny, a uh, big fan of yours for a while now. It's not going to be like you and Dybala, but like, I'm not going to tape a picture of Raspadori to my desk. But yeah, no, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Raspadori. I like the way his uh, style is. Hopefully he doesn't join Juve because I'll, I'll feel betrayed. Um, but we'll see. I think uh, the best team for him will be Napoli. Milan, even Inter, depending on what happens with Martinez. But I don't think uh, Juve will fit his style, and especially if Allegri is still there uh, next season. Yeah, Allegri, yeah. 
thank God for Chad on the podcast because that's an automatic 20 minute segment about the Allegri. <laughs> so, yeah, this was just a quick little thing to bring up here. Aspadori, we don't know what's going to happen. I just don't like how the CEO of Sassuolo, you know, said that. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll see, we'll see. And then Juve comes up, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll be open to talk to. It's kind of like, uh, like, it's like a father son thing. Yeah, like. Interesting, like, oh, yeah, we'll make a talent, we'll ship them off to you guys for a nice price. So even look at Talio, was it 30 million? What is that? Like, everyone's talking, uh, the Premier League teams want him, I think Man City, like, oh, all these teams, oh, yeah, it's yeah, like a 40 million 56. player, 45, yeah. 50, mm-hmm. like, 30 million. Like, what the hell is that? That's why, too, with Napoli, too, I know we want Baradi. It's going to be tough. Uh, I think Swasolo won, like, 40 million. Knowing our oh. luck, knowing our luck. If Juve come, oh yeah, here twenty five, and here you know what we'll give you, here we'll give you another player too. We'll give you Raspadori for a package of sixty. Yeah, I'll give like Raspadori that. and Berardi for Morata. Like, so yeah. Morata, they'll be lucky to get. They'll probably get like a Primavera player and value like <laughs> fifty million. Yeah, and when that when that player becomes good, he'll go back to Juve for free. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous at this point. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, we sound like biased, obviously, we're not Juve fans, but we know what Juve does with young players. They they aren't known for, uh, you know, growing these players that, that well. And they're already so top-heavy. I just think Raspadori would just get lost, lost in the mix there. I think some Juve fans would agree with that, too. I think – and I don't think he's what they need, to be honest. They need a midfielder, a proper they, midfielder. Yeah, box-to-box. Yeah, box-to-box, even an anchor back. Like, you don't need Raspadori, like – He's he's gonna turn into Bernadeschi. Let me sit on the bench. Let's, let's be honest now. Like, don't do that, please. Don't ruin him. He's showing so much potential. Do not go to Juve, Aspa, please. I know you were an Inter fan when you were a kid. At least go there, but Tato leave. Just please don't go to Juventus, uh, please. And uh, another name leaving on a free. Well, I know Aspa's not going on a free, but uh, Kessier to Barcelona. The contracts will be signed in the next coming weeks. According to Fabrizio Romano, who we all love here, and we all know how reliable he is, and this, this is something we saw coming, right? Then you, you're not shocked yeah. by this. No, not at all. We I'm all just surprised are, you know, he did it now, like when Milan or Scudetto. I think if he were done in the summer or at the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm just surprised at the timing. Um, who knows now with if this deal gets done in the next few, maybe the week or so, what Kessie is going to be, like what his mentality is, if he's going to focus on winning the league or trying to win the league and playing for Milan, or if he's, his head's with Barcelona. Because like, sometimes you've seen that with players. And, and for me, I saw it with Insigne too. Uh, once he signed that contract with TFC and they, the announcements came out, he didn't look himself for the like. He hasn't been looking like himself, and who knows now with uh, Kessie and Kessie already has a mixed reputation with uh, Milan fans. Uh, just wanting more money, he was going to move out. Like they already don't like him too much. A few Milan fans. So who knows now what's going to happen with his style of play and how he's going to play uh, for the next coming uh, matches. Yeah, who knows? Like these things. Um... You know, they change the player's mindset, obviously, you know, and it's normal. It's a human, it's a human aspect of the sport. Like when you think about going to a new country and your team, moving your family, it's going to be on your mind. You're not going to be as focused as you normally are, which is okay. It's understandable, but um, it's not okay when you're going for a Scudetto, which, you know, can be a problem. Now, you only have a decision to make. Do they bench this guy or they ride him out and hope he does well? Like, uh, it's tough to see. I think they have enough midfield depth to bench him. You know, he's out for a while anyways this year, so um, I don't think he'll be that crucial. But at the same time, you know, he might be. And he's a good player, Kiss. He's not uh, you know, just some guy up the street. He's a you know, powerhouse in the midfield and an important player. But is it really worth it if, you know, your fans are going to start booing him in the game? It could affect the whole team if they hear boos. And, you know, they're being aimed at Cassier, but the whole team is hearing the boos. So it's a tough situation, I think. Uh, you know, Joey gets paid a, a handsome uh, salary, so uh, I think uh, – He'll decide that, not us. Yeah. But, um, even though you can say the same thing, even though Dybala is more of a legend at the club than, I wouldn't even say legend, but yeah, more of a star at the club than Kessie was for Milan. Uh, maybe Dybala might even, you know, be benched the rest of the year. I don't see that happening, but who knows? Cause we know you, Juventus fans aren't going to be happy. I know some of them, 
it's it's a mixed reaction on Twitter to be honest. Some are making like videos of oh thank you Paolo and like all his highlights and when he first came and all that. And some are saying, Oh screw you. Oh, I care about the money. All this yeah. stuff. So it's it's like it's with Insignia too. Insignia too. It's the same thing. People react differently to these things and like Insignia him, you know, he's been up his whole life. So for him it's more positive than negative, but there are some negative yeah, Chastier, I think he'll get completely like booed out of the stadium. If I'm being honest, I don't know many Milan fans that like him. And then Dybala, I think it'll be kind of like Insignia, kind of mixed. You know, some people are sad, some people are not happy but pissed off. It's uh, it's a tough situation, but Chastier, I won't be shocked if he's benched for the rest of the year. To be honest, now, like I, I don't know if it's worth playing him to hear booze while you're playing at home, and I don't know, it'll be tough. So yeah, we'll see what. Uh, you know, Allegri and uh, Pioli do here. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see KFC play again this year. And now, the uh, the main event of the evening then. Uh, <laughs> Italy. Yazuri oh. are back. I don't know where to start here. Everyone's huh. situation. You got Portugal and Turkey playing on one side. Italy and North Macedonia. And the Come on, Turkey. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Turkey can pull it off. It was a big favor. But uh, like, let's start off the projected lineup. I think Di Marzio, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Di Marzio is the one that released a projected lineup earlier today. And let me read it out to you here. You got Donnarumma in goal. No surprise. I guess go by position, then you tell me if you're surprised, if you like it. Okay. Whatever. So Donnarumma in net, yeah, it's, you know, that was a given. Forenzia right back. It was between him and the Shilio, I believe. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm kind of surprised with uh, Chilio getting called up. Uh, for me, I would prefer Calabria because we all know Di Lorenzo, if he didn't get hurt against Udinese, uh, he would have been starting, but I would have yeah. called up Calabria instead of the Chilio. I'm not a huge De Chilio guy. Uh, I just I think he's average. He's not Italian team worthy, and I think Calabria is way better than him. Uh, so I'm surprised with that. Florenzi, uh, it's going to be tough because last time we saw Florenzi play for the Azzurri, uh, he didn't look the greatest, and he, le- yeah. he left a game at halftime. Uh, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to watch those these fullbacks. So I, I, I can already assume Emerson might be on the left. Uh, so hopefully, defensively, we just stay back. Uh, I don't want these guys going forward because yeah. these guys don't know how to attack going forward. So... Like these, uh, if I'm Italy, I just have four guys stay at half and just let the team do their job. But yeah, yeah I'm surprised with Calabria <laughs> not being called up. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's more of a maybe a personal thing than a uh, quality thing. I'm sure some kind I of think problem. It's personal, yeah, it's more like personnel. Yeah, some you know, there's some issue going on there with Mancini and Calabria that we don't know about. I can't see how. Anybody with, uh, you know, over 4 IQ can think, uh, oh, yes, Florenzi and the Chile are better than Calabria at football. That's not, uh, that's not a normal thought to have. So, yeah, it's got to be something with the personality, like maybe they don't like him or something went on or I don't know, what, maybe a training camp, something happened, like who knows. But I can't see why these two were called up over him other than some personal reason going on there. And then moving on, Mancini at center back. Um, obviously, I watch Mancini every week, so you know I, I know how he plays. He's like he's not the most technical player. He's not the most skilled player. One thing I do like about Mancini is he'll always fight for the badge. That's yeah. something that I think Italy need. Um, if Chiellini and Bonucci can't play at all, like they're completely out. Okay, I understand why. Well, we don't have much choice to be honest, Mancini and Bastoni. Who else are we gonna really like? A Chedbe. <laughs> No. For those of you who saw the dead, the, uh, we, uh, we know what uh, a Chedip is capable of. I don't want to say that again. So, uh, yeah, I guess the center backs are hard to complain about if Kaylin and Bonucci can play. Obviously, you know, we prefer both of them over Mancini and Bastoni, but we don't really have much of a choice, I guess. Similar to right back, who else is really going to play there? So, uh, I guess, you know, Bastoni, fairly, he's not the same player we see at Inter. He's better in a back three, but like once again, who else is he going to put there right now? So, yeah, what do you think about that? That that for me, I'm just yeah. whatever. If Bonucci or Kelly can't go, uh, those are the that's the back line, I, like the center back pairing I expect. Uh, you can't really trust 
Luis Felipe, the guy is not too familiar with the Italian style and the Italian system just yet. Uh, Cherby, we've seen him play in the past. He guy, he looks lost out there. He's not. He's, yeah, he's, me, he's, he's slow not, too. Yeah, he's not a starting caliber player. He's good to have off the bench, but not to start. Um, yeah, so hopefully Benucci, one or the other, Benucci or Kelly can play. Uh, I know if they're trying to wrestle for the finals, which. If that is true, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life because you're not guaranteed to play in that final game. You have to win against Macedonia, and Macedonia is going to be a tough team, even though I believe Elmas is suspended, which many can argue that it's their best player. I believe Pandev is retired, so he might not be there, uh, but they still have, they're still going to try to give Italy a, a battle, a run for their money. They're going to be the underdogs. Never count the underdogs out because yeah. they're the ones that are going to prove you wrong. Uh, so Italy need to play their best lineup, and they need to be up to par. But that back line, uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough to watch. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of drinking during this game, but <laughs> hopefully that back line can uh, hold up. Yeah, uh, hopefully it can. Uh, Emerson, we already brought up quickly, so yeah. yeah, who else are you really gonna put there? So yeah, Emerson, and in the midfield, midfield has so many options. Uh, yeah, this projected Probably. lineup here has Barella, Jorginho, and Verratti. I don't think it's uh you know don't change it. Yeah, I don't think that's our I think that's our best three like quality wise honestly. But I think it's a mix of a mix of all the styles too that you need in the midfield. You get yeah. one creator which Ferrati is. He's gonna be the one that brings up the ball. He's gonna be the one that's connecting with the the attackers. Jorginho is that deep playmaker that can spread the pitch, calm the tempo down, and Burrell is just the engine. So that's my yeah. ideal midfield and. I don't think you uh, touch it. All can go. If they can all go, those that's my midfield right there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a perfect midfield. And then off the bench, you know, you got uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini, who we saw creatively in the Good. Uh, qualifiers. He's, I think, he's probably the best player the last uh, qualifier we had. I mean, I think he scored two goals in his qualifiers. He, he looked good. Um, there's uh, Locatelli you can bring on. Tonali you have. Yeah, Tonali. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a midfield, good no problem. I think our, midfield. Yeah. Our bench midfield is better than most starting midfield. We'll say that. We'll say that. So, um, I'm pretty comfortable with that. The attack is where it gets, once again, a little uh, a, a little worrying. Insignia, who, you know, there's no Chiesa. Like, there's not really many options. So, I, I guess put Insignia in there. We know Fredo usually underperforms. But, you know, on this given day, who knows? You might uh, get a Tiro Giro and then we're up on nothing. So, who knows? Uh, Insignia. Immobile, that's where I draw the line. I do not want Immobile starting. Once no. again, if you watch the derby, you know why I don't want him starting. He is... If you just watch the last uh, uh, six games for Leo really with... Yeah. He's done nothing since Euros. Since the... And, and, and in the Euros, too. Since yeah. the games against Switzerland, he's done nothing. Like There's been maybe one chance he's had, one big chance he's had in say six games seven games like it's I, I don't been, think he should be served maybe off the bench you use him off the bench if you need a goal by all means I'm okay with that but he shouldn't be starting from the first minute to the 90th minute or whatever who knows if it goes to uh, I believe this extra time and penalty shootout since it's one game yeah who knows um, I would prefer I know it's gonna maybe could be a little controversial I would prefer Skamaka since he's been on form he's been Dominant uh, in the Serie A, he's been very well good this season. Or just plays Daniel as a center forward because he's strong, he can dribble, he can, he's got speed, he's everything you want in a, a big center forward. He's got height, he he can do it all. And I would play him at center forward because of there's no Chiesa, so you might have to you obviously put Parade there. But I would play Daniel as a center forward that you can collect from the midfield, bring it up, link with Insigne, link with Parade. And just give him a chance at that position because he's he's been doing well for Roma uh, times and it looks like he's even stronger this year when it comes uh, to moving forward. Yeah, Daniel is growing into this new role at Roma. He's been playing the two strikers with him and Tavi. Um, it seems like physically he's starting to get over the ACL injury now. You know, it takes time. You know, two years out, uh, it's like a new player almost, and uh, he's been looking better. And he looked tired recently, to be honest. But uh, Roma rested him against Lazio. And that guy has been playing like 90 minutes every game. I think like 10 games in a row. So um, he should be rested for Thursday. He'll be good. He didn't play on Sunday. And 
Yeah, I think Zaniola at center forward could be good. The risk of Immobile and any player that kind of plays like him is that they score goals, but if they don't score, they do nothing the whole game. With Zaniola, let's say he doesn't score a goal, he's going to uh, drop into midfield, collect the ball, he's going to carry the ball forward, which I think Italy's really missing someone that can – like that's what Spina did for Italy. He took the ball from the midfield or the defensive phase, and he'd carry it forward all on his own and uh, start an attack, which is something Zaniolo, you know, that's what he's known for. And, uh, yeah, I think Zaniolo would be a great shout. Askamaka, who, you know, kind of like Immobile, he's not going to uh, do much other than score. But at the same time, Skamaka can score outside the box. He can, he's more active in the box. He's running around everywhere. Immobile, just in big games, we know he doesn't do much. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of worried about that. So I prefer Skamaka or Zaniolo or Aspadoli or someone. But uh, you're not, uh, not Immobile. And then Berardi, you know, then we, we know Berardi's a solid player. Very yeah. good player. Just really, he needs to he needs to take that next step. Really, he's yeah, been. He needs to. I I kind of like don't blame him too much because he doesn't really start when Case is healthy. Um, it just comes in off the bench. It's kind of hard to uh get into the game when you're playing like 15 minutes a game. It's kind of hard to some players take a little longer. But um, I think Baradi against Macedonia, he might he hopefully continue. He carries over that confidence he has in the league. I believe he might be even in Europe the top with goals and assists, like goal contributions. I think he's top five in all of Europe. Um, yeah, he must on be. The likes, on the likes with, say, Benzema, I believe. Uh, I can't remember the other two, but Baradi's up there. And, yeah, hopefully he can continue that uh, confidence with uh, Italy. And if he can start going, watch out. It could be a, he could have a really good game against Macedonia if – he can get the confidence going if he can get the tempo going early. He, he can have a big game. He's set up to have a big game, in my opinion. And I think uh, he's definitely one guy to, uh, to look out for that he could generate sparks uh, on that right side. Yeah, no, if Berardi can play the, the way he does for Sassuolo, then I think we're in good hands here. But, again, it's North Macedonia, right? So I expect yeah. these guys to do well. Um, it's not, you know, I'm not going to overlook them. But at the same time, North Macedonia, like, we shouldn't be uh, worried right as you know. Yeah. Like this line too. Game. I don't know, like for me I know it's gonna be it's a weird comparison, but it reminds me of say when you order a veal sandwich, like a veal cut like a veal colored sandwich, instead of bringing in a panino, they bring in hamburger bread. And it's just weird to look it could be good. It could be a good sandwich, yeah. but it just looks weird at at this time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good reference. Like we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, a lot of new, you know, Florent is on new, but at the same time, it's not known for starting for Italy lately. Mancini, Bastoni, we've never seen that partnership before. Uh, you know, Immobile, we've seen that before. I thought we're worried. But, uh, yeah. And see, he's been out of, I would say he's been average. So hopefully he can put the differences aside and just yeah. carry Italy. Uh, I'm not saying carry Italy like he's going to be the main guy, but just help carry Italy to uh, the World Cup. Yeah, he's going to definitely be important. Yeah, I think he needs to have a big game. Mobley, depending if he starts, he needs to have a big game. Just the attack and defense needs to be tight, and the attack just needs to start generating chances. Because if we can generate a lot of chances early on, it's going to be a, a good game for Italy. Yeah, and I think the key to the game, in my opinion, is to score early. Yeah. Italy, even against, um, was it Switzerland? It might have been Switzerland. That. Even though we didn't score early, we were dominating, kept getting a chance, like, oh, yeah, we're looking good, we're going to win. But then time keeps going on and on and on. And we're getting chances, but we're not scoring. And all of a sudden, it's the 75th minute. And uh, I, think it might been, I think it might have been maybe Wales. Uh, Wales? Could be. Because I know with Italy, the Locatelli had, uh, I, think, I believe he was an early goal too, Locatelli. Turkey was, uh, it, took a, it took us an own goal just to get going because we looked Sloppy, yeah. but hey, you know what? The own goal. You know who created Baradi. So hopefully he yeah. can have, have a chance. And then the game's in. I believe it's in Palermo too. Speaking of Palermo, yeah. uh, so you know the fans are going to be excited for this one. Uh, I believe Italy have a hope. Knock on wood. They they do play well in Palermo too. I believe. So hopefully they can use that. The fans can get going. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, I'm not counting. I'm not saying Macedonia's an easy team. I know Elmas is suspended, which benefits Italy because his, he can once he's if he's on this game he can create a lot of chances he can cause a lot of havoc. 
uh, havoc for this back line, but we can't count. Uh, we can't uh, play down to our opponents. We can just only play to our game. And if Italy can play to their game, then it's going to be a hopefully it could be a good match for Italy. Yeah, just put shots on that. That's not like I'm just talking about cha- Yeah, just but generate chances, play well, control the tempo of the game. I want to see Italy seventy percent possession at the end of the game. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> Because sometimes we look like we're waiting for a perfect shot. But just, just shoot. It's, it's North Macedonia. Like once again, get shots on net. A rebound could be there. Corners. Like good things happen. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm confident in the backline to be honest. Even though it doesn't look good, it's North Macedonia. I don't know how many times we got to say at this podcast. Uh, you know, these are Bastoni starts for Inter. Mancini starts for Inter. Florenzi doesn't start for Milan, but you know he, he's played some games for them. Uh, Emerson, uh, start for Leon? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, he's been star- uh, I believe yeah. he's been their starting left back ever since he's gone there. He's been, yeah, exactly. He's been starting. At the end of the day, it's not Kelly Bonucci, Spinazzola, and Lorenzo, but at the same time, you know, I'm pretty sure these guys have played a higher level than these guys in North Macedonia. I can't name one defender on their team. So, no. uh, I expect these guys to do well. I'm not worried about conceding. I'm worried about scoring because Italy seems to struggle when a team sits back. They don't know what to do with themselves. And without Spina, ever since Spina's gone down, Italy don't seem to create enough or know how to create or carry the ball forward. They struggle in that, yeah. in that sense. So uh, we'll see. If Mobile play, plays, I'll be worried. But at the same time, I'll say for the last time, it's North Macedonia. I think Mobile can do damage against them. I think anyone can on this team. Hopefully if they stay focused. If he can't, yeah, score against Macedonia, can't score against Macedonia, then there's something wrong. Yeah, and then we played them before the Euros, and we won like six nothing or something. I believe we played them in a. It might have been like maybe a friendly or something. Yeah, we, it was a friendly before the Euros, and we battered them. I think Keane had like two goals or something. Pretty sure. I could be wrong, it could, but it could. It was either Macedonia or Armenia. Could be. Yeah, but I, remember, I don't know why I remember playing. Maybe I'll double check. But yeah, yeah, I remember playing Macedonia. We just like had a field day against them. We played our bench, and they had to start like. Anyways, Italy, I don't know if we sound cocky, but you should, we should be cocky. We, we won the Euros. I don't know why we're talking like all these fans are talking like we're, uh, you know, some bottom team that never wins anything. We're Italy, come on. We're the Azuri. We should, we should win this game. Okay. Against Portugal, it's a different story. You know, they're a, they're a tough team. They have Ronaldo on their team who can do anything on any day. They have a solid team, Portugal or Turkey or whoever wins that game. But North Macedonia, we should expect to win, okay? We, we can't come into a small team mindset. We should go in there to dominate, and that's what I expect from this team. So, I believe the last time we played them, we tied 1-1. North Macedonia? Yeah. Ooh, 1-1. Yeah. What was the lineup was, uh, for that? The last time we played them, we tied 1-1, but we also bet them 3-2. Uh, that's, uh, that's worrying. Well, you know, you know who I'm thinking of, Lithuania? Super Elka, yeah. Our lineup, our lineup last game, last time we played them, Buffon, Barzagli, Bonucci, Chiellini, Damian, uh, Zappacosta, Gagliardini, Marco Parolo, Immobile, Insigne, Simone, Verdi. Yeah, so that's a team that you get out of the FIFA ultimate team starter pack. So like, uh, And uh, our coach was uh, a name I'm not going to name because of... Yeah, let's uh, not do that. That's yeah. not name. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, that team is absolute garbage. And see, and then the team we had uh, when we won three two, Immobile scored two goals. Yeah, and Bolotti so got one. one. It was Immobile, Bolotti, uh, Bernadeschi, Verratti, Candreva, Bonaventura, Romagnoli, Deschirio, uh, Benucci, Barzagli, and Buffon. That's what I mean. Like uh, we should win. We're Italy. I'm not scared of North Macedonia. I know the players aren't scared of them. Other fans, you shouldn't be. Maybe the moment's scary because, you know, one mistake and, uh, you know, yeah. you know, walked up for us. It's a one but, game, too. It's a one game, too. So, yeah. That, that's what could be scary about it. But at the same time, we just won the Euros not even a year ago. So, I don't care who's in the starting lineup. We should win. Against Portugal, Turkey, that's where I'll start worrying about the starting lineup, who, you know, who should be in and who shouldn't be in. But I expect every single player, even Florenzi, everyone on that field to perform well. And uh, just take a home. You gotta, you gotta play for the badge. That's it. Play yeah, for the play badge. For the badge. Play for the badge. Exactly. Fight. And uh, that's it. Just support whoever's on the field. And uh, uh, even Immobile, you know, I, 
I don't like him. But obviously, I got to support him and the whole team on that game. It's a big deal for the country. And I have no doubt that whoever's on the field will do their best. And I think we'll get the win with no problems. And that's how it should be because we won a Euro. So we'll wrap up the pod there with Italy. Uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully be celebrating uh, us going to the World Cup. But at the same time, maybe we'll be like, very depressed and uh, going to rant about how uh, we got knocked out by North Macedonia. Or last to uh, Portugal or Turkey. Hopefully that's not the case, though. Uh, we should be back Wednesday because I believe the second game will be on Tuesday. Yeah, so, I believe Tuesday at 345, I believe. If yeah. all goes well. Yeah, if all goes well. So we should be back Wednesday. We'll recap Yazuri. Hopefully we're celebrating. Hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to be drinking champagne during that episode. And uh, we'll be celebrating Canada and Italy going to the World Cup, which would be great for. Italian Canadians, Canadian Italians like us. So, uh, yeah, appreciate the listen. Uh, hope you guys are calm. You're not panicking. It's going to be okay. We we can do it. North Macedonia, we're in Italy. Okay? That's all I'm going to keep saying because that's how it should be. We should be cocky. We should be confident. We want a Euro. So, uh, Dan, any last words before we uh, wrap it up? Yeah, uh, just, yeah, I'm intrigued uh, about the game coming up uh, a little worried not worried that we not we might not advance it's just I'm always worried for early games we could be playing a friendly against San Marino and I'll be worried yeah. so hopefully we can do it uh, coming off a Euro win that should be enough boost just to think about that hopefully Mancini gets the guy uh, the guys ready because uh, we have a big we have two potentially two finals you could say uh, yeah. coming up and hopefully uses the same tactics he used in the the finals against England. Just don't give up, play hard, play for the badge and play like you want and then yeah. hopefully the Azuri is up for the task and they're they got past their post Euro hungover uh, hangover, which I think they hopefully they will and Thursday we'll find out. Yeah, don't go to pens, please. My heart can't handle oh, pens. Oh god, yeah. Please, <laughs> I, I can't uh, I can't do that again. I, I almost had a back to back heart attacks against Spain and England. So uh, please uh, Mancini you know, at that point, just let uh, let them beat you. Cause I, I can't watch pens. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I watch pens. Uh, I don't handle pens very well. So, yeah. Forza Zuri, Forza Italia. Hopefully we can do it. Hopefully we're in a good mood next week. And, uh, yeah, if you want to listen to the next podcast, you know, put notifications on, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you want to listen to podcasts on. Uh, follow us on social media, at Six Side Culture on both Instagram and Twitter. And we'll be back next week. Ciao. Ciao, guys.